This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 83. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Isaiah Fowler to the Baller Circle. Isaiah is the founder of Starts With A Vision Podcast. He inspires people to go after their dreams by sharing stories of others who took a vision and turned it into a reality. Isaiah had a vision of the type of life that he wanted to live, and he slowly came to build that into something that he truly lives today. So I'm happy to have Isaiah on the show to talk about his vision, to talk about how you can start with a vision, and to talk about his life and how he became so successful. So uh, Isaiah, how are you doing today? My man, my man. That was a pretty good intro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All is well over here, man. I appreciate being on your platform, having the opportunity to uh, reach a new group of people with, with this story and with this content. So thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. So, so Isaiah... The first thing I want to understand about you is um, what what was life like? Like, where did you grow up, and um, what what was your kind of upbringing like? Man, I was uh, I'm from Sacramento, California, so I'm a Cali boy at heart, right? I love I love the West Coast and how liberal we are, but I grew up in you know um, single parent household. Parents got divorced when I was very very young, so um, that's kind of you know same old story. And from there, um, I love sports. That's kind of like my that was my thing. That was like my my therapy and and what allowed me to be free, I guess. And so I played basketball and football. And <clears throat> I think that what motivated me to to be who I am and have the mindset that I do is I didn't I didn't I wasn't a starter, right? I loved basketball. I loved basketball. But when I tell you I was on a bench, man, I was on a bench, <laughs> like for real, for real. And that just inspired me and pushed me to want to, you know, never be on the bench in life. And so, you know, single parent household, I was with my mom and she would always tell me, you know, Isaiah, it's so it's okay. You know, um, God has bigger, bigger plans for you and for your life. And from there, I just always wanted to be good and I wanted to be great. So that's kind of really how I grew up. And I ended up going and um, went to a college. Uh, um, two-year college, and then I went to the military. And that's kind of like, you know, where my life was at when I was a little bit younger. Okay, cool. I like that. So what was the first thing that inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I know you um, got started out in real estate. Uh, how did that happen? And, and um, what what uh, what successes and kind of struggles did you see with that uh, early on? Uh, definitely, man. Uh, that's a really, really good question. But the first thing I would say is what even inspired me to be an entrepreneur was I always had this spirit about me when I was young. And when I was 13, I started selling newspaper subscriptions. I would go door to door and I would sell, try to get people to buy an eight week um, newspaper subscription. And in turn, our sales pitch was it helps us win a trip to Magic Mountain. And we got paid on commissions. So I did that like pretty much all throughout high school when I wasn't playing basketball or football. And, you know, that that gave me the spirit of freedom and, you know, um, doing something unconventional and making money. And it was sales as well. So I really became a people person and I really started understanding communication. And that's really what I was going to college for when I was going was communication, because, you know, I'm a people person. I love intrapersonal 
uh, interpersonal relationships and, and talking to people one on one. And so I always knew I was going to be doing something, uh, talking, speaking or doing something with people. And so after high school, I uh, went to college. And after that, um, a friend of mine said he wanted to go to the military. And I was like, OK, cool, because he was like my best friend. And then from there, we ended up going into the military. Well, I did and he didn't. And I realized that it wasn't for me because I had ended up contracting malaria. I had malaria. I was in the ICU for a good two, two and a half weeks. And um, if people don't know what malaria is, malaria is when your blood is so thick that it almost stops running through your vein because it's not um, as thin anymore. And so I had that. And so I literally was on my deathbed. I know it sounds cliche, but I was on my deathbed. And I said, you know what? What have I really accomplished with my life? Um, I'm, I was 21 and I'm like, I really didn't do much. And I'm like, I refuse to, to die like this. I refuse to go out like this. And so that day on that hospital bed, you know, barely, barely, um, you know, conscious, I said, man, when I get out here, if I get out here, I'm going to go chase my dreams, go be an entrepreneur. So I got out the hospital um, and I started reading books, started reading books, audio books. And from there, um, about two and a half years later, three years later, I volunteered to get out the military early because they were downsizing and I didn't want to be there anyway. So I got out. And I think that this was very important just to say to, you know, before even real estate, because that was the really the, the main thing that made me say I never want to work for anybody again is being on my deathbed, almost dying and not really accomplishing anything that I felt fulfilled about. And so then I got to Atlanta and I got into real estate. I was fixing houses, buying, fixing, flipping, and I was wholesaling. And that was cool. I did make money. I also did lose money. I got burned by a lot of quote unquote mentors and people who are supposed to help me. And, you know, that was one of the biggest lessons was, you know, real estate taught me about business. It taught me about principles. It taught me so many things about people, you know. And so from uh, I moved to Atlanta with the with the high credit score, the lowest my credit score has ever been was like 415 because I was told I could get some business credit in my business name. But it ended up being in my personal name and I had to max that out on a uh, on one of my rehabs. And so, you know, it's really been a real roller coaster on this entrepreneurial journey. But, you know, throughout all of those things, it's all about staying strong and standing on your 10 toes in, t in terms of what you believe in, what you believe to be true and creating your own narrative. Nice, nice. I like that. So when you when you when you say it starts with a vision, what was your vision for your life? Where, where did once you got that change in your life and you said, I don't want to work for anyone anymore. I want to do something on my own. What was the vision that you had? Um, yeah. So after I got out of the hospital, um, you know, some time went by. I was just kind of getting myself together. And then from there, I remember I, I would be at work and I would, you know, sit in this little box and I would uh, scan ID cards and watch people go in and out of the compound. And I literally like I would just sit and just look out the window and I would just think about what would be my perfect day. You know, what did I want my life to look like? And honestly, I wanted money. Yes. But I also wanted to just be able to wake up, go to the gym, have nobody tell me what to do. You know, I wanted to be able to drive my car with, with my sunroof open and be happy. You know, that's what joy was to me. And other things are going to come with that, of course, other responsibilities. But that was kind of like my thing. The feeling of the freedom, 
because when you're in the military, you give up all of your freedom. And, you know, going back into the regular world, the real world, um, I think that that was the biggest thing that I value was the freedom. So I was willing to do anything that allowed me to feel like I was free. You know, so my vision was that freedom. And then, you know, once I started like kind of uh, getting closer to getting out, I started coming up knowing my vision was to be free. But it's like, OK, you know, what do you have to do? So I was doing photography and I was doing that on the side. And that gave me the confidence to, you know, want to get out. Then I got to Atlanta and I was doing photography when I very first got there. But I was like, man, this ain't no real money. I'm like, I can't do anything with this. You know, I have a house to to pay for. And that's when I started, you know, the real estate. And then it just kind of went from there. So my vision was, you know, freedom and just being able to, to, to drive with the sunroof open. You know, like I know that sounds very, very simple and basic, but that was kind of something that I never had. And I wasn't able to feel when I wanted to feel it. So, you know, freedom, freedom, freedom. And just having the, you know, being happy with what you're doing is what I was longing for. Right. No, I definitely feel that, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's, I think, you know, the in, in the online business space, one of the big things that's so attractive about it, at least to me, and I know to a lot of other people, is that freedom of not just, uh, you know, having the time to do what you want, but also location freedom to, to be able to, you know, move wherever you want and your business can kind of transport with you. So, when you when you decided to uh, to start a podcast, what what gave you the inspiration for starting the podcast, and what what what? How did you decide on the focus of it? <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy, man. Um, it's very. I laugh at it, right? Because sometimes you have to laugh at certain things in your life. But what happened was, uh, I had just finished. Um, I had just finished putting a tenant in one of my properties. And it was on a lease purchase, so they gave us a, a non-refundable um, down payment. But I had a girlfriend at the time, and we had just got married. And, you know, money was up. It was down, made money, lost money. And she was, you know, she was supportive of the, of the whole thing. But, I mean, you know, people have their tolerance levels, I guess. And so, you know, things got really, really rocky. And so I didn't have a lot of money for, like, you know, for gas. I was spending, like, I had, like, $5 to, to, to last me for two, two and a half days, at, you know, sometimes. I remember I would buy Little Caesars pizza for $5.35, and that had to last, you know, us a day and a half, two days. And so she would go to work. She was a flight attendant. And um, I would just sit at home, and I'd be like, man, I need to do something. I can't even go drive around and, and, and you know, look at houses and stuff. And so what am I going to do? And I just started making YouTube videos. <laughs> and, and from there, I was like, okay, this is cool, but I'm tired of, I don't like the video production aspect of it. I don't have to, I don't like having a, you know, have to have, have a new shirt on every time, have to look a certain way, you know, because at the time, I remember I, I couldn't get my hair cut every week like I wanted to, you know, and I knew I had to look presentable on camera. So I'm like, man, I, I have this message, you know, how can I, how can I put it out there? And from there, man, um, what I did was I just started this podcast. And so I remember I just got got um, spent $135. I borrowed some money from my sister. Spent $135 on this camera. I mean, this um, this microphone. And I just figured it out. And I started the podcast and I just sat home and I would just record and I would record and I would record, you know, four days a week, Monday through Thursday, every week religiously. And, you know, just got in the groove in that um, ended up getting divorced. And that's really kind of like another reason why I just go so hard because, 
you know, I've given my all to this and like, you know, podcasting has, has saved my life in a sense. Huh. That's powerful, man. So you, you go through all this stuff, you have your podcast, um, and you say podcast to save your life. So how is it that you were able to, um, figure out who your target audience was? Why did you decide on four days a week? Um, and, and what kind of, uh, I guess, uh, workflow do you have in your, in your podcast to make it successful? Um, when you say, when you say, uh, you know, target market, man, for me, you know, I didn't care about a target market. I just cared about the message, you know, um, because I was depressed, man. I'm talking about real life depressed. Don't know what you're doing. And I was, I really made the podcast for Isaiah. I made the podcast for me. I was talking to myself, you know, when I'm talking, I was talking to myself and I would put that message out there for anybody who wanted to listen to it. And that's kind of how, you know, it, it, it got its wings. And, you know, people started saying, I love this content and messaging me, telling me it's changing their life. But, you know, my target market came from I just wanted people to know the real side of entrepreneurship. I want people to know the real, not the fluffy stuff that everybody talks about on the Internet. I wanted people to know the real. And I think that anybody and everybody can you know, appreciate that or, or consume it and they could get value from it. So that's really how I, how, how I came up with the target audience. And in terms of, in terms of like the workflow and four days a week, I knew that I didn't want to just do interviews because I wanted people to know that I was an entrepreneur before this online game. I'm not coming out here on the scene and I haven't, you know, done anything entrepreneur-wise and business. Like I have real experience. I've made thirty thousand dollars in a month, you know, before the internet. And I wanted people to know that. So I said I'm gonna do two episodes a week of myself, and I'm gonna do two episodes a week um, interview because I wanted to grow my network. I wanted to network with people, and I wanted to stay inspired because I was sad, and I wanted to just learn, you know, meet new people virtually because again i couldn't just drive and go meet people at a networking event so that's what i did that's why i really came up with the four days a week you know um and in terms of like workflow you know what do you exactly mean in terms of workflow yeah i'm just trying to get a, a feel for like how you how you set your shows up i know some people they you know they 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 record all their interviews on one day and record all their episodes on one day uh what, what kind of process do you have to to i guess stay efficient with your with your podcast Oh, yeah. Well, um, I like to stay about three weeks uh, ahead of the game and everything. So like at any given time, everything is scheduled out like three weeks. I have a VA and they just do all the stuff that I hate doing. So I record. I send everything to them. They know exactly what to do. And we kind of just, um, you know, go that way. I'll tell them to reach out to a guest if I want them to or if I need to, then I will. Um, and, you know, we have people. Um, you know, requesting to be on a show through social media and stuff like that. So then I'll just have my VA or my assistant send them a scheduling link and we just kind of go from there. Okay. So that's how we how we keep it uh, organized, consistent and stuff like that. And here we are 300 episodes later. Nice. Nice. I like that. So with uh, with the podcast, how, what, what are you doing to grow your audience? Um, me personally, for one, one thing that I do that's been very effective has been i uh, recording my podcast on Facebook Live, right? So when I interview somebody, I know it's going to be a good interview. I'll just set up my, my phone and I'll do a Facebook Live while I'm interviewing them. Now, the podcast may not come out, you know, for 
two, three, four weeks a month, but they got that. And so what those people are doing is they're listening. And they're like, wow, this is some really good stuff. You know, what's your podcast? And then they go and they um and they go and uh, they listen to it from iTunes or wherever they listen to it. And that's, you know, one way um, networking in terms of, you know, collaborations, interview, getting interviewed on other people's stuff. And then, um, you know, just leveraging the brand and, and understanding that this is way deeper than the podcast. This is not about a podcast. Your podcast is an extension of who you are and who your brand is. And your podcast is about connecting with people. You know, it's not about, oh, I'm going to just build this audience and make money off of them. No, that's what a lot of people do. And that's played out, in my opinion. It's so much deeper than that. You know, you have an opportunity to change people's lives. You have an opportunity to, to save people's lives, to save people's everything, you know. And so that's another way that I grew my podcast was simply putting my literal heart and soul into every word I was saying. Like everything. I'm not just doing this just because it sounds cool and treating it like a business, you know, waking up in the morning and coming to work. That's another way I grew my audience. And then, um, you know, running, running Facebook ads in a really um, interesting way, just like telling my story and running ads that way to the, you know, to the website or if I wanted to do it to iTunes or whatever, running ads that way too to grow the audience as well. Nice. So how do you how do you decide uh, who you're going to have as a guest on your show? What's uh, what's the criteria that you look for? Um, me personally, I like I like full time entrepreneurs. So I like people who have been in business and or well, not or but and, um, you know, have have been through things and have some real, real, real results and or real things that they've been through and real lessons to show and share, you know, because what I've learned was. Um, I just I just didn't want people coming on there telling people you can do it. I want people who's vulnerable. I want people who, um, you know, have built something and you can point to it. You know, I want people who have experiences from, you know, making money and losing money. I want different people. So the way I do it is I'm like a vibe kind of person. I'm an energy kind of person. So, you know, I almost have to always choose my guest. Because if I don't feel like I connect with them via that picture, that one sheet, whatever, then I know it's not going to be a good interview. So I just may find them on YouTube. I may find them on, uh, you know, Instagram, whatever it may be. I'll reach out to them personally or I'll have my VA reach out to them and we'll go from there. Hmm. So you seem like you have a very personal connection with your with your guests. I'm wondering with all these interviews that you've done with people, uh, what have you learned from your guests? Oh man, so it's man. I so much I've learned from him. Um, I know one thing. Um, I had Evan Carmichael on my show one time, right? And so, if nobody knows who he is, he's one of like a very big and successful YouTuber. But he has a brand, um, and he wrote a book called uh, "Your One Word," and he does these top ten things on YouTube of like famous celebrities. And so I interviewed him. And after the interview, he told me, he said, man, I like what you're doing. And he said something that stuck with me to this day. He said, um, he said, I really like what you're doing. Just remember, there's always room for quality. And I was like, damn, that's what that was deep. (laughs) I was like, whoa. And I paused and I was like, I appreciate it. You know, I got back to work, but he's right. You know, because we're we're living in a time where so many people 
they they just put stuff out there because they heard that they can make money this way. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so much deeper than that. So if you're doing something with quality, heart, and passion, you're going to win every time. And it's going to supersede everything that everybody else is doing. And, and, you know, real recognize real. So people know what's real and what's fake. Right. So that's what I think um, is is what the one of the biggest things that I learned from, from my guests. You know, other things is allocate your money. You know, have a good relationship with your money. Build good and great relationships. And, you know, don't have one source of income. Those are a lot of things that I've learned on top of a whole bunch of others. So what, what are your what are your sources of revenue since you I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you have uh, taken that advice and, and done that with your business. How, how are you making money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you how it started. <laughs> um, affiliate, of course, is one. Um, partnerships is another one. So an example is me and a friend. Um, I met him in about a year ago and we met each other in Atlanta and he was real cool. He's in real estate and I, I've been, I was in real estate, but I never had like a system, like a course, a package, a coaching program, anything. So what happens is people have been emailing me cause they know I do real estate. I've done episodes on it and people have been emailing me. Hey, do you do coaching for real estate? I'm like, no, I don't. And after about three, four people, I'm like, I'm leaving some money on the table. And so what happens is um, I met him and he had a system and everything. He showed me. So I asked him, I said, hey, man, um, you want a partner? And he was like, yeah, you know, like what you want to do? So I told him. He was like, okay, cool. So when people would email me, we would just start, you know, hopping on phone calls, sales calls. And we would, we built like a, you know, like a um, real estate coaching business. And we made a good forty to $50,000 off of that um in a few months nice and we would you know we would just split that so that's a partnership you could do affiliates um and what i did also was i did a webinar i spent a whole bunch of money on traffic i launched my own product slash course and i charged 9.97 for it had about 200 people registered and i had like 70 people on the webinar live and i was just thinking like i'm about to make about twenty thousand dollars tonight it's gonna be a good night all is well whoop do whoop woo and then nobody bought it, like oh, zero people. And I was pissed off. I was sad that night. I'm like, what's going on? And from there, man, um, I just kind of realized that that wasn't my target audience in terms of, you know, that price point. And so I just turned that product into a service. So now what I do is I start, launch, grow, and monetize, you know, other entrepreneurs' podcasts. I do that on a done-for-you basis or on a monthly management done-for-you basis. So we'll either start your podcast, you know, create everything, put it where it needs to be, um, do the whole launch for you, and market it as well, and, and then we give it to you, or we'll do it for you, and then we'll manage it on a monthly basis. So that's the main things, how we make money um, over here at Suave Starts With The Vision. And then from there, you know, other opportunities open up, like speaking, like other partnerships. And then um, me personally, I'm just big into investments. So, you know, um, I kind of I kind of subscribe to what Grant Cardone says. He says, you know, make the money and then either save up that money for a big investment or you just, you know, sell, sell, sell and make a lot of money. And then you invest that money. So what I do is I take the money that I make from online and then I make investments and other things. Like I'm um, 
one thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a small franchise out here of like some um, gumball machines or something like that. Hmm. And, um, you know, maybe maybe a hundred of them. And it may be, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars and I could put some money down and finance the rest and that'll be passive income. So a lot of times people they, you know, say, Oh, I'm making all this money online. But, you know, me personally, you don't have to make a lot of money online. You just have to know what to do with the money that you do make online. Right. So once you have some solid cash flow, just make a few smart investments and you'll be good with the passive income you know, that's coming in or the residual income that's coming in that can sustain your life. And then you could continue to grow that online business because people think that online business is easy. It's not. It's a business <laughs> like it's not hard. It's not easy. So, you know, you really have to have some type of um, backing and you have to feel comfortable and confident every day that you wake up and you don't want to be in a position where you're desperate or you're starving. You know, I've been there. It's not fun. Um, it's manageable if you're creative, but not everybody is able to do that, you know. So I really think and believe that people should, um, you know, have have residual coming in, of course. And from there, they'll be in a lot better position. But those are, you know, the ways that that we're making money. We're making the dollars and it's going to just continue to grow and grow and grow. And pretty soon I'm going to start doing like um, like like six week coaching programs, not coaching, but six week programs, you know, and that's going to be like a, a high ticket, high level type thing. Nice. Okay. That sounds good. So with the podcasting service that you're doing right now, uh, the people that have, have been coming to you, what have you noticed that they're mainly struggling with? What are the, I guess the, the things that people really don't either don't want to do or, or don't do well that they need your services for? Um, yeah. So for example, um, last week in Dallas, I was in Dallas and, um, I had a client, she's an attorney. And so when I reached out to her, somebody, it was like a referral. And so I reached out to her and she said that she tried to start it or she's trying to start it in the beginning processes. She's either overwhelmed. She was just overwhelmed, um, of the new information. So she's an attorney. She's so focused on her cases and all that stuff. Right trademarks and stuff like that she doesn't have time to be learning a new skill set she would rather me do it for her and give it to her and say here this is what it is now once she sees how much work it is to even just maintain it and to grow it she's gonna call me and she's gonna say can you manage this on a monthly basis and i will gladly say yes <laughs> so you know so um a lot of times people don't know what they're doing um or they're just confused or they're overwhelmed or, you know, they just literally just want guidance or they don't have the time. So I really said I'm going to, you know, create a service that that solves this problem. And that's what I'm going to do. So those are a few of the reasons that I've learned why people, you know, aren't starting it or what they're struggling with, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really who I serve. And when I start doing the the the, the six week programs, I'll be more so, um, you know, targeting people who want to start the podcast like on their own and, you know, do it on their own. But these done for you services are for people who are making money. They're extremely busy, but they know the value and the importance of it and they know it needs to get done. Right. So how are you mainly finding the uh, your clients for this? Are they reaching out to you or are you reaching out to them? How, how does that typically work? Yeah, so me personally reaching out to a lot of people, um, 
networking um in these internet streets <laughs> like I, I like to call them um because it's not a this is you know podcasting is it's a little bit vague still and so people may not always understand some people still don't even know what a podcast is right and i'm like i don't know how it's 2017 2018 but <laughs> okay cool so you know or they're old school or they think that you know, I have an internet radio show on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm just like, no, it does not work like that. Like you're 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 tripping, right? Or I have a radio show, and I'm like, okay, you know, you don't own your audience, you have no brand, you know, you don't have any email list, any of that stuff. So that's really, really, really how I'm getting the clients is reaching out to people, um, LinkedIn referrals, and just you know becoming a person known for podcasting. That's this is one of those things that you have to be known for this. Like you can't just say, um, you know, quietly, oh, I have a podcast because like it's not like fixing a car like, you know, like everybody needs a car fix, but not everybody needs to start a podcast. So I have to position myself and brand myself to be out there so that people know who is the podcast consulting expert of quality to go to. Right. Because anybody could say, oh, I have a podcast. But nobody has a track record. You could look at my, you know, my podcast and it looks like, you know, somebody that you would want to work with. You know, it looks like a quality and, you know, the consistency shows that I'm committed at 300 episodes and stuff like that, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Facebook ads um, and really, you know, after a while is to the point where, you know, I'm just consistently getting people hit me up, inboxing me, saying that they want to start. Because what happens is when you start something, it's always going to be slow. But give it a good 60 to 90 days and the people from day two are going to start hitting you up because they see that you're serious and they see that, um, you know, they see that this is what you do. And then they're going to start respecting it. Nice. Well, Isaiah, I really appreciate you coming on the show. You really provided a lot of uh, great value um, I, I'm, I love the fact that you're, you're focused on, you know, a vision and helping other people start with their vision and turn it into something real. Uh, and cause the world definitely needs more of that. So I wanted to know before we close out, how can the baller circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Uh, most definitely. Um, you can go to starts with the That's the, that's where the podcast is at. And that's just the, the podcast website. But if you are looking for, um, you know, the podcasting services, consulting services, then I would say shoot me a text message at 678-841-7928. That is my real number. And the reason that I do that is because um, we're actually getting ready to, you know, create a whole website for this side of the business. But right now I like to keep it private because I'm not um, the type to sit here and, and, and say, um, you know, I'm not going on a spending $10,000 a month marketing because I don't want to work with everybody. I only want to work with a select few who have the same passion and drive and ambition as I do. So shoot me a text message at 678-841-7928. Sounds good. Well, thanks, Isaiah. I appreciate the time and uh, have a great day. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for being awesome and joining us on another episode of the Internet Ballers podcast. Be sure to listen next week where I'll be sharing another story of yet another inspiring internet baller. In the meantime, you can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing.
Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>